Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. All right, so there's been rumours going around that um, the Eastern Cape region is struggling with COVID-19. We're back at a point where there is what people are calling a crisis. And these people, when I say people, these are healthcare workers, many of which have said they don't want to come on the radio. They don't want to speak. They they don't want to be bringing the department into disrepute. But they are fearful is what they're saying. Um, We also heard from officials saying, no, there isn't a crisis. So we just thought, let's get it firsthand and get it from the department itself. Sianda Manana is a spokesperson of the Eastern Cape Health Department. Joining us now on the line, Sianda, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon, Pimelo, and good afternoon to all the listeners of SFM. Is there cause for concern, Sianda? Yes, there is uh, definitely a cause uh, for concern because if you are going to lose uh, people, you know, uh, Sienda? I don't know what's happened there. Maybe let's try and see if we can sort that line out. Let's take a quick break and then we'll be back with Sienda. Life, life happens with Pimelo Modine. Thank you so much for staying us. We, we, we've got Sienda Manana back on the line with us. He's a spokesperson of the Eastern Cape Health Department. Thank you so much for staying with us, Sienda. Are you back on a clearer line? Uh, yes, I am. I mean, yes, thank you very much. All right. Go ahead. We, I had asked you if there is cause for concern. Yes, Pimelo, there is definitely cause for concern. You can't uh, lose people at uh, this rate. Uh, We have, you know, since the beginning of COVID, we have lost about 4,082 people. Uh, So that's a huge number of people, you know, uh, because, you know, uh, some of them, we've lost them through, um, you know, comorbidities, uh, hypertension, which is the uh, uh, the biggest one, and you have diabetes or obesity, and the others, which is your TB, your HIV, cancer, and so on. So, you know, also our healthcare workers, they are losing their, uh, they are losing their lives. So we are really, really concerned as a, as a province. Um, what really drives this concern further uh, for us is the fact that because there's, a, there's, there's, there's been a relaxation mm. in terms of the level, mm. from level five, we are now at level one. Mm. People tend to equate the levels to, you know, electricity or no COVID, no COVID at all. Mm. We are at a stage where when you observe behavior of people, people do not wear masks. Uh, people go to nightclubs, students go to nightclubs. Uh, those nightclubs, they are over full. We, you know, police had to uh, uh, arrest seven owners, you know, in this uh, past week. Uh, they had to close down uh, clubs in some thousands that were sent with people of over 1,500. I mean, how do you have people, 1,500 patients, in a place that is supposed to have about 200? Mm. People are in a tavern, they are smoking, they are drinking. And there is no mask, no sanitizers, nothing. Those are the realities that are really confronting us. We've got schools, which are, uh, you know, uh, in the area of Chokabi, that have uh, that had outbreaks, you know, uh, of uh, of COVID. We had the uh, universities, 
where we had uh, outbreaks, cluster outbreaks, you know, in the, in the um, uh, Buffalo City metro area. Right now, the concern really for us is the metro. What COVID, uh, the, the, the first wave did was really to, to, to prepare us for what we're confronted with right now. We have many beds. We decentralized uh, oxygen, um, bulk oxygen. Major hospitals have got uh, oxygen where, you know, all, if there's a hospital that is running out of, uh, running out of uh, oxygen, you can go to the nearest and go and go get uh, um, uh, the, uh, the oxygen tanks filled up and then go back. So we prepared for that. We hired a lot, a lot of community health workers. Uh, we also opened field hospitals. We opened quarantine sites. We opened isolation uh, sites. Um, we stocked up on PPE. We went into uh, a partnership with uh, um, uh, with uh, the private sector. Um, you know, they helped us in a lot of ways. So we we were prepared. You know, from the first wave. But the way that it, uh, it's going on now, uh, it's really the metro, which is a concern for us, the Sarah Parkman area, which is a concern for us, because the Nelson Mandela Metro and Sarah Parkman, they've got a soft border. People in the Sarah Parkman area, they are in rural areas. You know, it farms mainly, but most of their shopping and so on, they do it here in the metro. So... What we did, uh, we discovered is that, you know, because some of them, they came, you know, in the Sun apartment area to come and pick up, uh, pick up food. Um, they organize soccer tournaments. Uh, there's no, uh, you know, they, they, they drink. Um, they, uh, they, uh, they don't wear masks. Uh, there's no social distancing. There's no, there's really, really uh, a problem. There's funerals that are, uh, they don't comply, there's no registers. Whereas, you know, as government, what we've done, we also, um, what we did was to uh, to train even the funeral palace, the funeral directors. What we are going to do, in fact, even this week, what we have done is we are training even the tavern owners now because we are saying that, they were saying, in fact, alleging that they don't know anything. They, they were not trained. And we did not really want to use the, you know, the thing that, you know, the, the fact that your, 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 the fact that you do not know is, a, is an excuse. Mm. Ignorance of the law is an excuse. But, but, it's but, not an excuse at all. But, but, but Sienda, then where do the concerns from the health workers come from? And I hear all of that you're just saying. I think all of us need to be back again where you are, where you are reprimanding us about our behavior. But why are these anonymous calls coming through from healthcare workers saying that we are afraid? Look, they, they, they are afraid because the number of people that are coming into our institutions a lot. Okay. Do we have capacity? I know that we, 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 we there isn't there's a contestation there whether people are saying there are no beds anymore. Do you have enough bed space? Do, is you are all your ICUs occupied or not? We have enough beds. I can tell you right now, the minister is here, you know. I just came out of a meeting, uh, the minister is here. In Toranginza, we have Hundred beds oxygenated. You go to, um, but there's no, there's no patients. Uh, 
because we have a problem in terms of staff. You come to you come to the uh, Livingston Hospital underneath at the basement. From the 2010 World Cup, we made that basement ready. We've got about 70, 70 oxygenated beds. Free. There's no patients. You go to you go to the field hospital. We've got about 1,200 beds unoccupied. Now you go to also all the other. Uh, I'm talking only about one district, but you go to other districts as well. We have eight districts in the Eastern Cape. Mm-hmm. There isn't such a pressure mm-hmm. as we have here. Okay. The pressure point that the pressure point is because here. We have so many people that are contracting COVID here in the metro. Okay. I want you to take a listen to this voice note that we got um, a bit earlier on, and and you can respond to that. Hi, um, I'm calling from the Eastern Cape. The situation here, guys, is not even exaggerated. The situation is dire. And um, I'm myself, I'm currently at home. And I'm in isolation because I was in contact with colleagues who are infected with the virus. Um, so, and I work for an education sector. And, you know, they, our management is very old school. They still believe, you know, warm bodies at work equals productivity, you know. So that is the situation that got us here because they don't really believe in this working from home although they have since decided to let other staff members who don't have to be at work to be at home uh, so that they can see how it goes with the infections because it's like, it's uncontrollable at this stage. Another contributing factor is the, 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 the grants that the government is giving and those grants are dispensed at the, at the post office the queues of hundreds of people there who sit the entire day with no social distancing and sometimes no masks. Third one is the traditional events that we usually have in our homes. You know, Eastern Cape and traditional events. Umkombot is served on containers that must go around the room and everybody must sip from the same container. The taverns, I won't even mention because they don't even abide by the rules. There's no curfews, there's nothing. And then lastly, I just don't think our government is doing anything to help the province. I personally admire uh, a Premier C.S. Galala from KZN because I used to see and hear about his efforts to flatten the curve in the in the KZN during the hard lockdown, and it actually worked. All right. I'm going to bring in here uh, Professor Anne von Gottenberg, who is a clinical microbiologist at the National Institute for Communicable Diseases, to join this conversation. And I want to just bring you in here, Prof, because you've been listening to that um, voice note. You've been listening to what Sianda was saying there a little bit earlier on. From where you're sitting, um, what Sianda is highlighting I, I, I hope it's only in the Eastern Cape, but I, but I fear it's not only in the Eastern Cape. Yes, uh, and, and and thank you, and um, good afternoon to you and your listeners. Um, 
So we're very concerned about the numbers increasing, the cases increasing in the hospitals, um, um, being under pressure in the Eastern Cape. And I think it isn't an isolated um, provincial issue because we know that the public um, are getting tired of wearing masks, um, that there's the non-pharmaceutical interventions or the things of wearing masks, socially distancing and washing hands. And the examples that were cited both by the voice note as well as the, um, the examples from the Eastern Cape, they're not unique to the Eastern Cape. This is happening in other provinces as well. And so our biggest concern is this will not only stay in the Eastern Cape. And we're already seeing a few increases um, in other provinces, and we're concerned and working with the provinces very, very closely. But yes, you're right. This is not going to be something, um, and uh, the examples are not unique to the Eastern Cape. So, I mean, Sienna has, has, has been raising a, a concern, saying that the plea is for people to behave themselves and so on. There is, though, and you would maybe testify to this, there is fatigue, isn't it? There is, there is COVID fatigue by ordinary citizens. Yes, and I, I would try to maybe not um, uh, um, package it as behaving oneself. I think what we need is we, the public, need to take responsibility and be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to think through what can we do better, what can we do well, um, especially with the festive season coming um, um, in the next few weeks. How can we socially distance and yet still see people? How can we acknowledge that maybe this is not the time to be in taverns, to go out? to pubs and to be in discos and um, enclosed spaces where you can't open windows. What can we do that is outside um, that is uh, meaningful for us and how can we do it in smaller groups? I think can we find some solutions that don't need big parties um, but be more mindful and um, considerate of smaller gatherings and I think we need to be part of the solution. It's the public, it's the people. We have to not see this as being um, being told off or being Um, disciplined um, but how do we together um, get through this I think that's really important maybe then the the question is what language would Sianda have to use to get us to all be responsible that's possibly where the challenge is for for everybody Absolutely. I think it's a communications issue. And I think um, Sianda will be able to speak to this. I think we've all been grappling with it. And I think he and others have been um, trying to make the message different. I mean, we can hand over to him Mm. and ask him how they are thinking of messaging this in a different way. Listen, Prof, I also ask selfishly because I'm also (laughs) myself. I'm trying to figure out how do we communicate this in, in a way that is, as you said, we're not threatening people. We're not wagging the finger, but it's impactful. Sianda? Um, yes. I just want to um, say and back up the uh, prof by saying this is really not unique to the Eastern Cape. Mm. Even if you look in, uh, in the European countries, you are actually seeing a surge again, a recession uh, in terms of COVID-19. Mm. You look at your countries like your Spain, your Italy, your UK, it's the very same thing. If you look at uh, the US as well. So the trend is really, you know, following the same one where you have European countries uh, on an asset, and then we are really following. We were fortunate in that our president as well as, uh, you know, our minister, they're very instrumental, you know, in looking at the country, uh, you know, after seeing exactly what's happening in the European countries. But coming uh, to the Eastern Cape, the the premier was, was, was very visible in terms of the messaging. What was really the driving force behind COVID? Secondly, I think the uh, the voice note that you played for us mm-hmm. is really 
uh, seconding exactly what I've been and being emphatic in terms of really what I was raising. We have right now, um, you know, we've gone, we've zoomed in into the areas where we have seen a spike in the uh, in the COVID-19, uh, um, you know, hotspots. We've identified the hotspots. Right now, as we speak, we have loud healing that is going on into uh, into those communities. Mm. We were handing out, we were handing out uh, uh, masks. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were doing everything. We were going to universities, uh, locking down universities, and engaging with the SRCs of universities. Uh, even you know your University of Forte here, uh, they've got also their own solution uh, sites and so on. So we are you know trying now to talk a language that people can understand better. We 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 don't want the enforcing uh, the enforcement approach mm. at this point, mm. but but what we are doing is we are engaging communities. We've got um, what you know what you know as ward-based rapid response teams. We are intensifying our tracing. We are intensifying our uh, testing. Right now, myself, I also come from uh, the, the launch of the uh, antigen. Uh, uh, rapid uh, testing. I also tested myself even today. So it's a really, really uh, a very focused approach now. We are intensifying uh, our efforts as a, as, as a province. All right. But I'm going. I'm going to have to leave it. The, this, yep. Yes. This is really the uh, the area that I'm saying again, Tinelo, is that it's the metro mm. and the uh, the cell apartment. It okay. really does not talk into the role of the Eastern Cape. Yeah. You know, this is an really Yeah, I mean, look, we should all be concerned, actually. Uh, Ms. Yanda Manana is a spokesperson for the Eastern Cape Health Department. And I also want to thank Professor Anne von Gottberg, who is a clinical biologist at the National Institute for Communicable Diseases. All of us are trying to grapple with COVID-19. I think every now and then we need a reminder. It's not gone yet. We still have it with us. Please, please, please be safe. Take care of yourselves.